Welcome to This Week in South Carolina. I'm Charles Bierbauer. It's been nearly a decade since the energy utilities, SCENG and Santee Cooper, announced plans to build two nuclear reactors at the VC summer site in Fairfield County. It's been eight months since the utilities shut down the multi-billion dollar project. Since then, South Carolina legislators have spent much of the current legislative session trying to sort out a host of problems. But the core issues have been a lack of oversight, and the legislators can only fault themselves for that, and the billions of dollars that consumers have been charged for something they will never get, yet continue to pay for. It's time for an update on what the General Assembly might do in the waning weeks of the current legislative session. And for that, we turn again to two of the reporters on the State House beat who have been following this convoluted story. We're joined by Andrew Brown of Charleston's Post and Courier and Avery Wilkes of Columbia's The State. Gentlemen, thank you both again for coming back. We've done this story before, but we want to make sure that we're up to speed. So we had some action this week. The House passed a bill targeting the, the public utility, Santee Cooper. If the Senate agrees, it would do a couple of things and not do some others. So, so tell us, if you would, start with you, if you would, Andrew, what would this do? Um, this, the bill that was passed actually just yesterday uh, would essentially start the replacement process and, and kind of remove all of the current Santee Cooper board members. There's 12 of them. It would give Governor Henry McMaster the ability to um, appoint or reappoint uh, those members and kind of handpick his, his board members um, for this utility. It would also set up an independent committee in the State House um, to review a possible sale of Santee Cooper and try to study ways to cut down on the costs for uh, its utility customers, which are still being saddled with uh, the money that they spent for VC Summer. Uh, by independent board to assess the sale. Who's on that? I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, it's going to be hand-picked lawmakers. Um, I don't know if there's any outside uh, involvement in that. But so, sort of, it's, so where does the independent come in? <laughs> well, uh, it, it could be very non-independent, depending on who they pick. And, um, essentially, the, the, the House Speaker gets a, gets a pick, or, or he could be on the board himself. You've got the House Minority Leader, House Majority Leader. Same for the Senate, Senate pro, President Pro Tempore, uh, the Senate uh, Majority Leader, and the Senate Minority Leader. That's six seats right there, and they can either... And the, and the Governor gets... The Governor gets three seats, one of which can be him, and then two from the state at large. So the Governor could pick uh, someone... Uh, who's not a lawmaker, who doesn't serve in any public capacity, or he could fill it with his, you know, wh whoever he wants. Um, so, it, really, the makeup of the committee is, is still up in the air, and, okay. uh, you know, it could take any number of shapes. But this starts to set in motion a process by which the legislature really takes control over any potential sale of Santee Cooper. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. One of the things that, that hasn't really happened because uh, the legislature has been so focused on the SCNG side of this formula, and part of that's because the Dominion deal was announced a few days before the start of the legislative session, and, and that's obviously got some tighter deadlines, so that demanded attention right away. Uh, Santee Cooper has been sort of on the back burner. It's still been mentioned heavily in news reports and, and, and it's still been a thing that people have been thinking about, but it hasn't demanded the same kind of attention as the SCNG Dominion side of this has. Uh, this, at this point, the House has already passed its SCNG bill uh, twice, basically. Uh, and now, and the Senate's dealing with it, and we're going to get back to that. But let's, let's stay with Santee Cooper sure, for now the there's, moment. There's time for uh, to look at the Santee Cooper thing, um, and, and so 
this is basically the legislature's first, like you said, attempt to, to start to address that and, and to really look at the, uh, the issue of whether to sell this 84-year-old state-owned utility and, and all of the complications and, and challenges to that. Um, for, first and foremost, tackling the idea of whether it's a good idea, should you do it, but then also to accept offers to field, you know, to evaluate some of those offers. That well, might Governor come in. McMaster has been out in front in terms of let's sell Santee Cooper. Mm -hmm. He's been saying that for months. Uh, does this slow him down, or does this uh, kind of pull back some of the authority, which which the legislature always had? To, for for approving an actual sale. This is exactly what he wanted. He's been pushing them. It, the, the, the keys to selling Santa Cooper have always been in the legislature's pocket. The governor can't do it. No one else can do it. And so he has needed them to go ahead and take this step and to start looking into it and really first and foremost to create some sort of body that can, that can take these offers. These outside companies, NextEra, whoever else might be interested, they've had nowhere to submit an offer physically, uh, even if they have one to submit. So this gives them an opportunity to do that. So you that. think the governor should be, well, the governor put out a statement when this was passed. Uh, he's now referring to Santee Cooper as a rogue agency. So it, that shows his sentiments. Yeah, well, I mean, he, <laughs> he kind of took the utility head on last week. Um, whenever he obtained a, a batch of emails from Santee Cooper's lobbyists that seemed to suggest that the utility itself was kind of fighting any attempt to sell it. Um, you know, there was emails in there from these contract lobbyists that Santee Cooper hired that essentially said, you know, how do we combat or how do we sort of undermine uh, deals that were be being offered by outside utilities like NextEra from Florida. Um, and so that really got the governor's office riled up um, and kind of prompted them to accuse Santee Cooper of being this rogue agency that's essentially only interested in continuing their executives' jobs. So we've had emails and voicemails in the last week <laughs> of, that, that have not put, uh, put the uh, utilities in any favorable light. Uh, uh, how has that changed the environment? Uh, the atmosphere and the willingness of the legislature to, to address a sale? Uh, I, would, I don't know about the Santee Cooper side of that. There's still a lot of big supporters in the State House of keeping Santee Cooper as a state agency. Um, the Senate left last week without addressing the SCANA issue again of, you know, their 18% of people's bills that they charge for these nuclear reactors. But Senate's on break this week. They'll be back next week. Um, they... I would assume that the momentum is building on that front um, in regards to the evidence that has come out and continues to come out in regards to how SCANA's executives or SCE&G's executives handled the nuclear project and their reporting to the uh, state's utility regulators on, on this endeavor. What, what does the House bill passed this week not do? Uh, it does not restrict Santee Cooper's ability to charge customers for the VC summer project. They, in early bills in January, the House had considered that. They wanted to essentially cap and make sure that Santee Cooper's executives couldn't increase people's electric bills to pay off the VC summer debt that they owed around $4 billion. Um, but as they started looking into it, they realized that Santee Cooper has no one else to turn to to make money, unlike Scana, with, which has equity investors on Wall Street. Um, and so they realized that if Santee Cooper wasn't collecting those funds, they could possibly default on their debt, creating essentially a bankrupted state agency. 
So if you're a Santee Cooper customer, your rates have not changed? Mm -hmm. They have not. And, and the prospect of them changing has not altered at this point? No. If you're an SCE&G customer, your rates have still not changed, despite all the, uh, the, the notions of rebates and cuts and, and, and things of that sort. Um, and, and if you're a Santee, I'm sorry, if you're an SCE&G uh, customer, you're still paying for that nuclear power plant. Sure, um, and, and when you said the prospect of Santee Cooper customers not paying more hasn't changed, Santee Cooper did actually say a couple of weeks ago that they will have to raise their power bills by about 7% over the long run to end up paying off uh, their nuclear construction debt. That was in response to a conservative think tank's report. Uh, it's a 40-page report that, um, that they have put out. I think it was the Palmetto Promise Institute. Uh, I may be getting the name wrong there, but put but that, out a report. But that hasn't happened yet. Right, and, and that's so, pending what action? Santee Cooper uh, originally, you know, after before the um, collapse of the nuclear project, had planned a series of rate hikes for 2018 and 2019. Right after the project, uh, you know, collapsed, they uh, decided to freeze those rates because all of the variables and the factors had changed. Uh, so basically, Santee Cooper customers are, uh, you know, the rates will stay the same for the next two years, and then the utility will be revisiting that after 2019. Uh, let's stay in, in, in the House and Senate for just a moment before we kind of swing over towards SCENG. So the House has passed this bill. It, it, it's in the Senate's lap uh, next week. Uh, we're getting short on time in the legislative session. We're down to about a month. What, what happens in the Senate? How favorably will this be received? <laughs> that, that's a question that a, uh, a lot of Wall Street analysts are, are looking at right now. Um, essentially, what the Senate seems to agree that they want to do, or at least most of the senators, is they want to cut SCNG's power bills by 13%. That would not be the full amount of the nuclear surcharge that customers currently are paying. What will they do the with that? I don't mean to cut you off, but sure. what, what will they do with the House bill regarding Santee Cooper? D does this look like it will go through? It's hard to say with, with the Senate not in Columbia this week, um, you know, how they'll, how they'll receive that. Um, there, there may be some appetite for creating this, you know, this body to evaluate the sale. You know, I think, I think you know, since that bill doesn't say we are, we are going to sell Santee Cooper, there could be more appetite for it. Um, if it did say that, maybe the Senate would be more hesitant. But this is simply a, a board to look into whether selling Santee Cooper is even a good idea. And at do this you, point, do you see any opposition to that? I mean, I, I actually had a House lawmaker yesterday say, you know, they're passing this bill, but uh, they believe there's a lot more Santee Cooper supporters over in the Senate and that it likely could go nowhere. There certainly are. I mean, you've got, you've got Larry Grooms is a big Santee Cooper supporter. There are uh, senators, you know, that's a place where one senator can kind of um, you yes. know, cause legislation to logjam. So, and and there, are, there are people there, even the ones who are not in, in Santee Cooper's service area, who are concerned about just the challenges of, of privatizing a state-owned utility that uh, the, the state has owned since, uh, I think, the 30s. So it's a very complicated um, issue that I, I can't see getting figured out in the next month. It's not unusual for the House to act a little more quickly than the Senate. The Senate likes to think of itself as the deliberative body. Uh, we, we probably convey that as well. And so they're, they're more inclined to say, let's think about this. Um, the, the Senate's also not up for re-election this year, and, and, and all the members of the House are. Is, is that an impetus, do you think, the, on the political side of the equation? The Senate surely blames the House for that, uh, for pandering and for um, demagoguing. Uh, but 
that's that's a tough argument to make. I mean, the house the house is always up for re-election if you really consider it. Every two years, they're running for their seats, and so um, you know, the house. I think if you would talk to some house members like Peter McCoy of Charleston and and Russell Ott of um, St. Matthews, uh, they ran the nuclear committee. They said we studied this for six months. We we really considered what we were doing here. We had lawyers go over our plans. Um, and we acted, and they've been pounding the table for the past two months, um, demanding that the Senate do the same thing. This, this is the committee that was created last summer and worked all through the fall to, to try and, and move things forward. Um, now let's swing back, Avery, to, to where you were on, on SCE&G. Sure. Uh, the, the, the issue with SCE&G currently seems to be how much to cut back on the 18% that they've been charging all along. Yeah, that will be the huge debate over the next few weeks, is do you take 13% um, and, and leave 5% of that 18% nuclear surcharge, which would still allow SCNG you know, to charge people for this project that won't be finished, um, or do you go the full way and, and possibly you know, raise your risk of losing the lawsuit uh, against SCNG, which, by the way, everyone thinks SCNG will basically immediately file as soon as this bill becomes law in whatever form it is. If you meddle with our power rates, we're going to sue you. Um, so right now the Senate's in uh, between a rock and a hard place because if you if you do what they want to do, which is take 13 percent, then the House disagrees with you. They want to go the full way. The governor disagrees with you. He's threatened to veto anything that doesn't go the full way. Anything above zero, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So he said, if you uh, allow these power companies to continue charging for this failed project, I'm going to veto it. Uh, so the Senate is basically either has to do something they're really uncomfortable with or risk the chances that maybe this bill doesn't get passed at all. So the options are uh, we're, we're now at 18 percent of our bill nominally goes for the power plants, SCE and G bill. That, that's not going to stay. It's going to drop to 13 or 5 or 0? Sure. Um, or, or, you know, there's, there's one uh, eventuality that seems unlikely, but if the House and the Senate and the Governor can't all get on the same page, this bill could go nowhere and it couldn't get passed at all. Uh, I don't think and anyone... And then we'd continue to pay Sure, as, as yeah. I don't are. think anyone thinks that'll happen, but it's a, it's a question of how far are you willing to go and, I guess, wh what size of the hill are you willing to die on? I, I was hearing from Senators last week that, that the 5% option seems to be the, the one with the better chance of getting through. Do you think so? That's, that's what they think. I think that's, that's the one that's got the best chance of getting through the Senate. But House leaders have ex expressly told both of our papers that we are not going to accept that. We are going to, to non-concur when that comes back over to us, and we're going to take it to conference committee, and we're going to try to hash out, you know, negotiate that with the Senate. And that's, that's where the, the fireworks, I think, will really go off. Same view? Yeah, I mean, the House, it, they're negotiating. That's what this is going to be. If the Senate actually passes the 13% cut, the House still wants the 18% cut. They're going to sit in a room together <laughs> and probably, uh, you know, uh, start arguing over Scan or sorry, Scana's um, handling of this VC summer project. Um, the House believes that the entire 18% um, was essentially approved under um, not so great terms, and, and they question whether the utility regulars really knew everything whenever they gave this money to Scana. But that's the design of, of let one house do what it wants, let the other house do what it wants. Then you get into that closed room and, and you thrash it out. That's where the, the negotiating and, and, and the, 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 uh, 
uh, agreements are supposed to be reached when, sure. but it, when you've got different opinions. It becomes far more complicated when the governor has said, I'm only going to take it one way. So then if he vetoes anything that's not the, you know, the full 18% cut, then the House and the Senate, if they want to override him, they have to say, all right, we are, we are willing to put up this much political capital that we will allow SCNG to charge you some amount and we'll override the governor's veto. The General that's a, that's Assembly in South Carolina has a wonderful history of, of thumbing its nose at governors sure. one after another after another. But, but to thumb your nose at the governor and support SCNG at the same time in an election year for the House is a, is a tough sell. It's also an election year for the governor, so his stakes are, are pretty high in this. Sure. And it makes it very complicated. Are we seeing that? I, you're, I know you're covering the House, not the campaign, but are we seeing that uh, start to rise up on the campaign that, uh, that Governor McMaster hasn't done anything about this mess? I mean, I think he, uh, he's certainly been attacked for taking campaign donations from Scanna in the past. Um, his, you know, Republican um, primary opponents have obviously said, you know, the governor should have done more to see this coming. Um, McMaster has the benefit, I think, um, from our coverage here of helping the public understand what happened with this project. Back in September, his office was instrumental in actually ripping um, this secretive audit away from Santee Cooper um, and giving it to the media to essentially show how this project failed and, and all of the uh, failures on part of Scana, Santee Cooper, and their contractor Westinghouse. So I think he could argue that he's done a lot um, to make sure that this issue is discussed fully in the public and that um, some light has been shed on how all of this came toppling down. Okay. That was the Bechtel report you're referring to. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the regulatory side because we have uh, the, these, these several components. The Base Load Review Act, a name that always confuses me, but the Base Load Review Act, which really was the go-ahead for, uh, for the, the, uh, the regulatory operation uh, through the Office of Regulatory Staff, the Public Service Commission. Those are the pieces that are involved here. Um, that's still largely unchanged. But where, where are we in that regard? We heard so much uh, in past months about uh, overturning the Base Load Review Act or at a minimum uh, revising it. So bring us up to speed on that. Who, who wants to toss this up? And see who wants to start with that one? I'll try with it. I'll let Andrew clean up uh, for my mess here. But uh, my understanding is that the House's bill that they passed over to the Senate would have prospectively repealed the Basel Review Act so that no one else can use it again. Odds are no one would have used it again anyway, um, but, but this would eliminate the future possibility of that happening. Uh, that bill also would have temporarily, you know, obviously reduced SCNG's rates, which we've gotten into already. But that bill is sitting in a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee and seems like it has no chance of, of seeing daylight, especially with crossover looming and the, the gist of that bill, which is not the prospective repeal, but is the, the rate cut, has been uh, put into another Senate resolution, which is what they're debating, that 13% versus 18%. Um, so the actual prospective repeal of the Basel Review Act is sort of maybe dead for the year. Right, I mean, and prospective is an apt word because that means going forward. Right. We're not it, going to go not through this process. It's not a retro But it's not repeal. a clawback of everything that has been paid. Because they, they felt after uh, getting some, some legal uh, advice that that was unconstitutional. There's no way that we can you know, tell a huge company, hey, this, this is what, these are the rules. This is the rules you have to play by and we've got your back. And then 10 years later when it doesn't work out, 
you know, oh, well, we're changing the rules backwards. You know, everything that we said before is no longer uh, in, in play. That's, that's, that will probably not hold up in court. I, I, he's, he's right. So the Baseload Review Act, it seems, will survive this session somehow, even though it was this huge monster uh, that everyone kind of railed against going into this session. Um, but even beyond that, the, the larger regulatory reform has kind of stalled to some degree. Um, they wanted, the lawmakers in the House wanted to give the Office of Regulatory Staff, the utility watchdog in the state, the ability to su subpoena or demand records from uh, these utilities if they think they're being lied to or not given all of the information. Um, the House passed that bill. It moved out of a Senate committee um, and I believe is on the Senate floor now, but the, you know, the Senate still hasn't acted on that. So I think uh, a lot of utility watchers in South Carolina had intended for this session to be kind of groundbreaking in the way that um, the state reformed how we handle utilities. Um, and it hasn't been as productive in their minds as what they thought it would be. But the Office of Regulatory Staff was, was, is the one that, that in theory is supposed to look out for consumer interests. And, it's, and, and is that piece not going to be reversed to say, all right, your job is consumers, not the industry? That's the current proposal in the Senate, and it, it may have passed the Senate the other day. I can't exactly remember. I, I remember seeing something on it's it. It's hard to keep track. It, it is very difficult, but um, it essentially what, what the Senate's version and what the House's version, I think they were on the same page, was that we will get rid of the Office of Regulatory Staff's conflicting mission to look out for the, for the, uh, the customer, but also to look out for the utilities. And ORS staff has, has testified that that was confusing for us. That, that sort of led us astray during this whole uh, this process of these nine rate hikes that SCNG had to finance the reactors. Okay. We've got about four minutes left. Let's switch over to Dominion, which you've mentioned a couple of times. Dominion is, is, is the large uh, entity offering to buy Scanna and, and its subsidiary SCNG. Um, for a period of time, Dominion was lobbying very heavily and very publicly. Uh, ads in both your newspapers, ads, ads on, on television, uh, saying this is the best deal imaginable. We haven't seen as much of that of late. So where's Dominion today? What, what's the, the issue there? I think they're sitting around waiting at this point. Um, they have their foot in the door, as you could say, um, being the first in line to buy Scana if, if, if they can get the... Uh, there, is there anybody else in line? <laughs> uh, if Scana would go belly up or something like that, you would probably see a lot more people at the door ready to pick that utility up um, or at least pick up its assets. Um, but in any case, they're, they're, they're in a waiting game right now. The legislature could ding Scanna by reducing their rates. Their Dominion CEO has somewhat said that that might be a material change in their contract with Scanna, which would make them walk away. Um, but they're kind of waiting until December, um, which is whenever the state's utility regulators will ultimately decide whether the customers or the utility itself pick up the tab, the $3.8 billion tab for VC summer in the next two decades. Well, that's eight, eight months away. So, so they've got some time that they can wait, but, but the legislative uh, steps will have to come first. I, I think the reason they've been so quiet is because they agreed to halt their uh, public information campaign or their public education campaign. There were some questions in a... Uh, I think a February 14th Senate hearing about whether whether Dominion's ads were misleading because you know you're you're pitching your thousand dollar refunds yes. in areas that are not SCNG customers, 
So there were a lot of questions about that. In a matter of weeks, they spent three point, uh, around three and a half uh, million dollars on that ad campaign, which is a little bit more than you would actually see in a, a presidential primary campaign. So it's a huge amount of money. Uh, but they abruptly halted that and, uh, and have stopped those ad buys. And to my knowledge, they haven't resumed those. Um, and the other issue that, that Andrew is hitting on is that Dominion, um, you know, with this 13 versus 18 percent debate, has threatened to pull out. Um, but House members uh, that I've talked to don't think that's a real threat. You know, you've already spent all this money, you've spent all this time putting this mm -hmm. deal together. We don't think if we cut your rates for eight months, you know, until the PSC decides on the deal, that you're actually going to bail. They, they, they think that's a bluff. Uh, so that's another interesting dynamic. So to that's, this whole that's the gamble in the State House. Dominion is bluffing. Uh, they wouldn't have gone this far. They wouldn't have committed this sure. much if they weren't uh, serious about, about following this thing up. Sure. Okay. Give us, give us a sense then, as, as we've said, uh, the House is in session this week, the, the Senate will be back next week. What are the next immediate steps? And uh, having said that, we've got one minute to do that. So give me, give me what's, what's the next thing you're watching for? Whatever the Senate does with that debate, whether there's going to be a filibuster on that 18% rate cut, um, I think all eyes are going to be on the Senate, you know, from, from around the country, people who are tuned into this, or what are they going to do? And, and also on the, you know, what do they do with the Santee Cooper bill? Those are the two big issues. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, the Senate is going to have to hold a final vote and record their names on where they stand on SCE and G's rates. Okay, that's the last word for today, but hardly the last word on this subject. Thanks to Avery Wilkes of The State and Andrew Brown of The Post and Courier. As always, our thanks to you for your time and your interest. From the Kennedy Greenhouse Studio here on the University of South Carolina campus for SCE-TV, I'm Charles Bierbauer.